Hey there, SLP. You are listening to this podcast, so I know that you love to listen to podcasts. And if that is the case, then I know that you are going to love my secret private podcast, Secondary Secrets for SLPs. It's six short episodes that will have you walking away feeling refreshed and inspired and ready to take on those challenging secondary speech students. So if you work with grades four through 12 and are in a planning rut or wanting some fresh new ideas to keep your students motivated, make sure you head to speechtimefun.com slash secondary secrets. You are not going to find this podcast in your iTunes podcast search browser. You can only get access by going to that link. So head to it now. It is six short episodes that you can listen to it in under an hour, like totally Netflix binge-worthy. I made this just for you, and I know you are going to love it. SLPs have been telling me already that it has changed their way for working with their older speech students. So head on over, again, to speechtimefund.com slash secondarysecrets, or use the link in the show notes, and I can't wait to hear what you think. Now let's head on to this week's episode of SLP Coffee Talk. You are listening to SLP Coffee Talk. I am your host, Hallie Sherman, and I am a licensed speech-language pathologist who is in the trenches working full-time in a public school in New York. I am the author of the blog and Teachers Pay Teachers store, Speech Time Fun, where I love helping other SLPs conquer the overwhelm and get back hours spent on prepping activities. I am here to help you be the best SLP you can be and have fun while doing it. Just like your morning cup of coffee, this podcast is just what you need to start the day or week. Let's jump into today's Coffee Talk. Hey, hey, and welcome to another episode of SLP Coffee Talk. As we are getting, unfortunately, closer to back-to-school season, and I know some of you have probably already started, I wanted to have the next few episodes all about different activities and ways you can start out with your speech students. I think building the routine and expectations right away with your students is essential for having the rest of the year gone smoothly. So whether it is teaching them the rules and expectations, why they are there, all the getting to know you activities, but another activity that I think is so important, and this all doesn't have to be done on one day, this can be dragged out over several sessions, is talking all about growth mindset. And teaching our students the difference between a growth mindset, what does it look like, why is it important, and the difference between that and a fixed mindset. And teaching them that it's okay that things are difficult. It's okay that you don't get things the first time, whether in speech or in the classroom. But it's all a matter of not giving up. And teaching your students about how have you used growth mindset in your life or in your schooling or in something that it was challenging for you. There's so many benefits of working on growth mindset with your students. One, it gives them increased resilience. It helps develop resilience in the face of challenges and setbacks. They learn to persevere, stay motivated, and bounce back from difficulties, which is essential for our students that are having difficulties in the classroom or maybe communication, articulation, and fluency, and things like that. It helps give them enhanced confidence by working on growth mindset, and it empowers our students to believe in their ability to improve. They can develop a sense of self-efficacy and confidence, which can positively impact their willingness to participate and take risks during speech sessions when things get challenging. We are truly challenging our students 
and working on things that are difficult for them. And we need them to not give up and know that they can push through. We want to get improved motivation. A growth mindset will foster a love for learning and a desire to continuously improve. Our speech students with a growth mindset are more intrinsically motivated as they see challenges as opportunities for growth and are driven to achieve their goals. So it's really important for us to listen to what our students want to get out of speech. What do they want to achieve? What is challenging for them? And talking about it and using these lessons in the beginning of the year to drive your instruction throughout the year and reminding them of these things. It's not a one time and done. It's reminding them constantly. It gives them increased self-awareness by embracing a growth mindset to our students and reflecting on their strengths and weaknesses and progress, become more self-aware of their abilities and enabling them to set realistic goals and also actively engaging in their own learning process. Our students are so often told they can't do this. You are failing. You need extra support. You're being pulled out for speech. You're being pulled out for reading. You're being pulled out for math. You might be pulled out for OT, PT, all these things. Our older students are constantly reminded of what they can't do. How about we shine their light on what they can do and their strength? And that you can do with your growth mindset activities in the beginning of the year. Don't worry, we're going to get to some activities. And also, working on growth mindset gives our students that long-term success. Okay? They can develop a growth-oriented attitude that extends beyond speech therapy. It can positively impact their academic, personal, and professional pursuits, allowing them to embrace challenges and strive for continuous improvement. These are just five benefits of working on growth mindset with our speech students. Okay, so how do we do that? We can, number one, work on embracing mistakes. Okay, it's teaching our students that mistakes are proof that you are learning and it's okay. Tell your students stories of when you've made mistakes. I tell them all the time things that I can't do. Like that one time I was playing soccer and I missed the ball. And most of my students are really good at soccer. Or something about what time I was drawing. Use the things that you know they're probably really good at and talk about when you struggled and that you didn't give up, you kept going and you pushed through. Maybe talk about when you were in graduate school for speech and when things got tough, but you didn't give up and here you are today because of it, okay? By engaging students in these discussions of mistakes and their role in the learning process, it'll allow them to view mistakes as opportunities for growth rather than failures. There is a YouTube video called Famous Failures and I'll put a link in the show notes and you can watch how famous people like Michael Jordan, Hershey, Oprah Winfrey, and some other celebrities that they might have heard of, how they pushed through challenges and look where they are today. So it's a way for your students to see, wow, like if they can do it, so can I. And they can see themselves and realize like what would have, and you can have that dialogue, what would have happened if Oprah gave up? We wouldn't know who she is today. What would have happened if Hershey gave up? We wouldn't have chocolate, okay? Um, so that's activity number one is working, talking about mistakes and embracing them and, and famous failures and pushing through it and encouraging your students that what would happen if they didn't go through with the mistakes and talk about your mistakes and, and showing your vulnerable side. They'll also build more trust in you, seeing that you too have difficulties as well. Number two, working on goal setting. Have your students write their own goals, whether for speech or school or even social life. What do they want to accomplish? And it doesn't have to be a speech goal. It could be they want to make the soccer team. They want to ask a girl out on a date. They want to get a part-time job after school at Starbucks so they can raise money to buy a car one day. Whatever it might be, it's so essential that we know their goals and our students know that we find their goals are important. This way, we can gear our sessions 
around what they want to accomplish. And it can be more meaningful to them. So helping our students create smart goals, teaching them how to, there's YouTube videos also on how, like how to teach our students how to write goals for themselves. Help our students break down their goals into smaller, manageable steps. How are we going to achieve this goal? What do we need to do to get there? There's a difference between a dream and a vision. I, I just I was watching the Arnold Schwarzenegger documentary, and he talks about one thing: a, a dream is something that you're not going to accomplish. That's like a that's something like you just hope that like you just you know throwing it out there. But a vision is something that's achievable. You're having goals on how you are going to achieve that vision. Okay, number three: positive self talk. We can teach our students the power of positive self talk and how it influences our mindset, and our performance, okay? We want to challenge our students to stop having those negative or self-limiting thoughts and the impact that it can have on the uh, when they say things like, I can't, I'm not capable, I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough. Instead, we can teach our students to say, I'm a capable communicator. Mistakes help me learn. I am uh, making progress. I can overcome challenges. I am unique and valuable. Positive self-talk statements can be personalized to each student's needs and abilities. And we can work with our students to develop these statements that will resonate with them, provide a self sense of self-confidence and encouragement. Okay, so we can teach and we can practice, provide opportunities for students to practice positive self-talk through role-playing or interactive activities. You can also do effort and practice. We can emphasize the importance of effort and practice in achieving success and providing speech and language goals. We can teach our students about neuroplasticity and how the brain can change and grow through deliberate practice. We can go through exercises that require constant effort and practice, such as repetitive drills or language games. We can provide feedback to our students and praise their efforts and progress. Okay, so practice putting forth effort and practice and showing our students that it's okay, that brains can mold and change. And the more we practice, like our brain is like a muscle. If we go to the gym to work out, it's going to get stronger. So just like that, we can do that with our brain. You also can do mindset journaling with your students. You can have your students write journals or worksheets where they can self-reflect on their mindset, whether it's just about speech or their, their day in school. Okay, so you can create a little journal for themselves or you can even have them like jot down in like a Google Classroom or send you a message afterwards like, what's challenging you these days? What's, how are you feeling? What are you saying to yourself? How can I help you work through this? So having some of that Ability for your students to have that dialogue with you or with themselves can help them really overcome those challenging times when they feel like they can't. And instead of like, I have to do this, teaching them to say, I get to. I get to work on these skills so that I can be a better student. Instead of, I have to go to speech therapy, I get to go to speech therapy so I can get the help and support I need. Changing the wording on how they view things will change the way they view coming to speech, will change the way they view when things get difficult and they'll be more willing to take risks with you if you take the time in the beginning of the school year to develop that that comfort system, to develop those routines, develop the setting and teaching them positive self-talk and ways to say things instead of saying, I can't, I can't yet. I don't know how, I don't know how yet. The power of yet is so powerful. It teaches our students it's not over. It's just beginning and we will get there and we will get there and I'm here to help you get there together. Okay, so take the time after you're doing the all about me stuff and working on the routines and expectations and what are they going to do when they come to speech, then taking the time to teach them about writing their own goals, about 
ways to talk to themselves when things get challenging, teach them the difference between a growth mindset and a fixed mindset. Okay, if they have a fixed mindset, they're going to shut down and they're not going to put forth effort when things get tough. But if they have a growth mindset, they're going to say, I can't do this right now, but I'm going to figure out a way or ask for help so that I can get there eventually. And they're going to also see the benefits. You want to show them, hey, again, using the famous failures, if they gave up, look what they would not have accomplished, but they didn't give up and look at where they are now and what we know about them. It shows your students it's possible. Here's proof right here. Okay, I hope you found this helpful. I hope this gave you a ton of ideas of ways you can incorporate some growth mindset activities in the beginning of the year. And again, don't be so rushed to jump into working on goals. If you don't do this fundamental stuff in the beginning of the year, you'll never get to working with your goal on the goals with your students because they're not going to be motivated. They're going to shut down when things get tough. You need to help build that, that, that foundational trust and willingness and uh, support system right there so that they, when things get hard, they know what to do to get the support they need and to not shut down. Okay, you want to create that environment where they feel comfortable and willing to take those risks. And you're not going to do that if you jump straight into, you know, drilling on goals that are too challenging for them. That's a whole topic for a whole nother day, how you can't just drill, you have to teach. But right now I want to talk about, it's okay. I, I know we need data for Medicaid and this and that. It's okay to put zero. It's okay. If some days, that's okay. You put a number down. And you can also do this in conjunction while tapping into some, some getting some baseline information. How'd they do in answering questions or uh, sentence structures and things like that while you're working on creating goals, watching the Famous Failures video and answering questions, having these dialogues. You can kind of get an idea of your students' capabilities at the same exact time. All right, I hope you found this helpful. Share this episode with a friend if you found it helpful. Let other people know about the SLP Coffee Talk podcast because that's how people find out about it and I can help more SLPs stay, get the jolt of inspiration that they need. All right, I always end my episodes with a joke. Why couldn't the pony sing a lullaby? Because she was a little horse. But I'm ting. All right, like usual, I like to keep my solo episodes and my episodes in general short, sweet, and to the point. So until next week, everyone, stay out of trouble. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of SLP Coffee Talk. It means the world to me that you're tuning in each and every week and getting the jolt of inspiration you need. You can find all of the links and information mentioned in this episode at my website, speechtimefun.com. Don't forget to follow the show so you don't miss any future episodes. And while you're there, It would mean the world to me if you would take a few seconds and leave me an honest review. See you next week with another episode full of fun and inspiration from one SLP to another. Have fun, guys.